Why don't you thank the band? They've been doing a great job this morning. I know they do it for God's glory, but it is good to thank them for their efforts. It's been a wonderful morning, and let me say, it's not over yet. We've got a wonderful time ahead. Now, I'm going to try and do what you might think is a miracle, preach a shorter service, shorter, shorter sermon. <laughs> yeah, a few nodding places there. Is it possible? I do like teaching the Bible and uh, preaching to you, uh, which is the good news. Let me pray for us. Father, we just thank you for your word. It's a joy to be here. It's a joy to be together. It's a joy to be sitting under you. And Father, fill our hearts with praise. We ask this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I've got a shorter message I want to give today, and I've just got three things. We're at the end of our journey, if you've just walked in, first time here, we've been going through the Psalms over the last number of weeks, and it's been called Deeper Places. And today we're at the end of the road. We're at Psalms 146 up to 150. And it's called the enjoyment of praise. And I hope it is an enjoyable time that you're having here in church as we praise our wonderful God and Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, and our Heavenly Father in the power of His Spirit. But what is praise? And I just want to ask uh, a couple of key questions this morning. What is praise? Why praise God? And how do we praise God? And the first question is this, what is praise? If you've got your Bibles there, they're under the seats in front of you, open up. We are going to look particularly at Psalm 149, but we're also going to look at some of the other Psalms as well around that. And as we think about praise, um, what you need to note is the book of Psalms, 150 of them, has two Psalms that introduce what's called the Psalter. We looked at them at the very beginning in terms of the whole nature of life and faith uh, being difficult. And Psalm 1 and 2 introduce us on that journey. We're now at the end of the journey and you get to five Psalms that conclude the book. So two Psalms open the book, five Psalms conclude it. And what these Psalms are known is the Hallelujah Chorus. And the reason for that is each of the Psalms, 146, 7, 8, 9 and 150, start and finish with what we would say is the word Hallelujah. Now, in the version you've got there, it's praise the Lord, which literally can be translated hallelujah in terms of the original language. And I've got up there the last verse of the last psalm. And to kind of make the point, it doesn't just have one hallelujah, it has two. And this is the way the psalms finish. Let everything has breath, praise the Lord. In other words, hallelujah. And then as if to say, in case you don't get it, Hallelujah. And so that's how the journey of the Psalms finishes this morning. So what then is praise? What does this word hallelujah mean? Well, it's from two words hallelujah, praise and God. And the word for praise there simply means to make a noise. It's a Hebrew word which is halal, not to do with food, uh, but to do with noise. And it's a joyful noise, it's a rejoicing noise. And biblically speaking, uh, when you're thinking of praise or rejoicing, it's another word that's used in the Psalms, it's about giving thanks to God, it's about being cheerful in Him, extolling the greatness of Him, etc., etc. In other words, we're making noise to thank and praise our wonderful God. Here's the thing though, have a look at Psalm 148. I think when we think of praise, uh, we think of what we've been doing, singing making noise, saying words. But 148 has these words, verse 7, Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures, 
and all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his biddings, you mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds. Now, they do make noise, and when you hear thunder, there's an enormous clap, but you don't hear the songs we've just been singing, do you? And so how is it that the earth, that the great sea creatures, the whales, the fruit trees, the mangoes in Queensland, how is it that they praise God? They're inanimate. They don't speak. Well, what it is, is they simply praise God for what they are. They bring praise to God. They're beautiful. They're wonderful. They're intriguing and they actually give praise to the God who's made them. Now let me give an illustration for this from the world of art. Uh, We have in our congregation, not this one but from five o'clock, two world-class glass artists. Their material is around the world. Victorian Albert Museum has some of their stuff. Elton John has some of his stuff. Nicolas Cage has some of their stuff. It's incredible. Their name are Ben Eadles and Kathy Elliott, or married name Kathy Eadles. And they're a team. Ben blows the glass, Kathy etches it. You may have seen some of the artwork they put forward for the art exhibition that was here at St Matthews. This is just one piece. Here is another. It's a leaf. And when you see this stuff, it is incredible to have a look at it. Here's another one. Now, What these art pieces do is there's a sense of wonder when you see them and they had a retrospective exhibition at the Manly Art Gallery last year. It was wonderful to go along and see their whole body of work. But they give praise to their creators, don't they? You think, gee, they are such talented artists. And and they really are, uh, Ben and Kathy, beautiful people, wonderful artists. And their artworks, without saying a word, actually praise their maker. And that's the nature of praise. Let's think about that in terms of what it says for us. You see, the praise of God actually starts not with words. It starts with lives that are content and happy in God. Have a look at Psalm 149, verse 2. Let Israel rejoice in their maker... Let the people of Zion be glad in their king. In other words, before we sing songs, there's actually a state of being under God where we're content in Him and we're happy in Him. We're content and joyful in Him. You see, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. And you will see lives that are like this, they radiate a sense of love for God and a contentment in God, a joy in knowing God just by being who they are. And that is where praise starts. And that's why Psalm 149 verse 2 says, Rejoice in the Maker, let the people of Zion be glad, just be happy in knowing Him. And I hope over this series, one of the things we've been looking at is the fact that even though life is complex and there is suffering and there is evil and there is opposition, you can actually come to a place of contentment 
in knowing God's love in your life. You see, our joy then overflows with rejoicing in God as people who love and trust him. Let the people of Zion be glad in their king. So why do we praise God? Well, there's two reasons that the Psalms give. You see the first one of them in verse 4a. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the people of Zion be glad in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing. Make music to him with timbrel and harp. For the Lord takes delight in his people. Now here's why you can be content in God and glad in him, irrespective of the difficulties, the suffering, the sickness, the opposition, the circumstances of life that you might be in. It's because, as this verse says, the Lord takes delight in you. And I want you just to think about that this morning. The God who has made all of creation loves you. And he takes delight in you. As someone who has bowed the knee to the Lord Jesus Christ and confessed him as Lord and Saviour, he takes delight in you. It's incredibly profound. In other parts of the Psalms, it simply says, because he loves us. It's why we read Psalm 136 and then sang that wonderful song. Psalm 136 speaks of the wonderful love that God has for us. It is profound. Let me illustrate from the theatre this time. Who's seen this uh, musical? Now, I know a few people have because I keep hearing people talk to me about it. And what they say is, it's wonderful. Amen? Those who've seen it really enjoy it. Now, I haven't seen it yet. I'm actually going to go and see it. And I can tell you about it. But when I've experienced it, I'll then come back with a very different perspective. And the people that I've met who've experienced the Carol King story beautiful in person all come back raving about it. And I just bump into them and they tell me about it. Oh, yeah, I went to see this thing. It's called Beautiful about Carol King. It's fantastic. You should go and see it. And you see, what they're doing is they're extolling the praises of the production. And it's the same with us. When we've met God in Christ... And we've experienced his love and his grace in our life and forgiveness. We speak out of that and we praise God out of that. You see, the praise of God comes out of our subjective knowledge and experience of God's love, grace and forgiveness in Christ. And as you experience God's love and his grace and his forgiveness and his mercy... He transforms us and it overflows in praise. I love Psalm 116. It says this, I love the Lord. Well, why does he love the Lord? Why? Because he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. And he personally, firsthand, experienced mercy in his life as his prayers were answered. Because he turned his ear to me, I'll call on him as long as I live. And he goes on to explain a number of things of what's happened in his life and how he wants to talk about that and testify before the congregation of the people. And it finishes with that great word, hallelujah. And you see, there's this note of joy in this man's life because he's been transformed by God as God has worked his mercy in his life and answering his prayers. And he just finishes with that statement, hallelujah. It's good, isn't it? 
Why does he love and praise him? Because he's experienced firsthand his love and mercy. You see, objective knowledge about God is not enough. You can't just know facts about him. You actually need to experience him and respond to him and put your trust in him and receive his love and mercy and grace in, his, in our lives. But secondly, we believe and we praise God because we believe he rules the world. Verse 4 goes on, For the Lord takes delight in his people, and then it says, He crowns the humble with victory. Let his faithful people rejoice in his honour and sing for joy in their beds. What does it mean to be crowned with victory? Well, as you read through the psalm, it says this, May the praise of God be in their mouths and a double-edged sword in their hands to inflict vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings with fetters, their nobles with shackles of iron, to carry out the sentence written against them. This is the glory of his faithful people. Now, go back with me to the start of the series and we saw Psalm 1. It's a psalm of wisdom about blessing as we follow God's word. And then Psalm 2 talks about the chaotic world that you've got to live this life out in. And that the world rages against God and against his son. You get to the end and the second last psalm counteracts that. And it says what is going to happen actually is God is going to come and he will bind the kings. He will bring justice. He will bring order. And the praises of the people are like a double-edged sword in their hands. Not the sense that we're going to take the sword up. But in our rejoicing we're actually singing God is the one who's going to bring the victory. And you see, praise at one level is a response to experiencing God's grace, but at another, it's actually an affirmation, a statement of faith that we believe God will be victorious in the end. It's why in the Psalms, when someone is sick and suffering, they can bring their complaints, but in faith they can praise God because they believe in the end they'll be delivered. In the end, they can sing, it is well with my soul, even as they are going through difficulties. Because by faith, they are affirming, this God will be victorious. And friends, we know with far greater clarity than the psalmist, the victory of God in Christ in the resurrection. And so as we sing, we're actually speaking to each other and affirming to each other, the victory has been won in Christ. And though we may come in here in this house today and be in all sorts of strife or suffering or difficulty or opposition, we can still rejoice knowing that God will be victorious. He crowns the humble with victory. So let his faithful people rejoice in this honour. And friends, we have the incredible honour of knowing the resurrected Christ. And at the final day, we will be raised with him. It's why when you go to a Christian funeral... There is a sobriety to it as we farewell someone who has departed this world but there is a quiet joy about it as we praise God for the victory over death itself in the resurrection. Well, lastly, how do we praise God? Well, firstly, with words, you see, the overflow of a life of contentment and gladness in God our King will be with our words. It was interesting, on Wednesday night we had the celebration dinner and uh, most of you probably know I'm a sports nut and one of my friends who's also a sports nut just had to tell me, Socceroos won, 3-1. 
I happened to have taped it at home and I thought, thanks, Graham. <laughs> Save me for having to watch it. <laughs> but uh, I wasn't dirty on him because I thought he was just happy. He was joyful about the soccer is winning and he just wanted to tell me they won. And that's the nature of when you're celebrating, isn't it? Our daughters, when they got engaged, what did they want to do? Ring us and tell us. You want to express your joy. And praise needs to be expressed. It's the nature of how human relationships work. It's the nature of how we relate to God with words. And so we want to express with words our joy. It's why in Psalm 49 it says, verse 2, let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let us cry out with songs. And let me just say, this is not a statement of religious obligation. It's rather an invitation to maximize your enjoyment of God that you already know, because you're already glad in him. But let's maximize that and rejoice together. There is something about the telling of good news that brings joy. Isn't that right? And you want to share good news. And what we're doing as we're seeing is we're sharing the wonderful news of Christ in the gospel. But we also do it not just with words, we do it with songs and we do it with music. And there is a power to music, there's no doubt about that. Joy needs words for expression, but music enables us to express our joy wonderfully, profoundly and emotionally. It engages all of our senses together. It's why it's such a gift. It's why people love listening to music. In the Psalms, we're not just called, uh, written to have words to say, but they're actually songs, uh, and they were used to make music to God. And you'll see this all through the Psalms, the encouragement to sing, or one of the common phrases is for the director of music. Uh, And you see, they're profoundly theological, but they're profoundly pastoral, as we sing and make music in our hearts. Victor Hugo said this of music, music expresses that which cannot be said on which it is impossible to be silent. I really love that. Music expresses that which cannot be said. In other words, words are not enough. It adds, it takes, it extends on that which it's impossible to be silent on. And that's why music is so powerful. It takes the words of our praise to another level. And so when it comes to praising God, music amplifies our expression, our experience of the truth of the gospel. And good music, Christian music, will have wonderful words with wonderful tunes. And the Psalms encourage us to use musical instruments to stretch the potential of expression to God to extol His greatness. It's why next week we're actually going to have a musical journey with a band who only write on the Psalms. All their music is the Psalms and we're going to just sit back and enjoy and join in. And that's why Psalm 150, when it finishes, finishes this way. Praise Him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise Him with the harp and lyre. Praise Him with the timbrel. Praise Him with dancing. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with the clash of cymbals. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. In fact, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. And so you can praise him with an organ. We did that this morning. And let me say, Hamish Wagstaff, who has just finished his HSC, is incredible. We had a great time singing. I'm sitting there thinking, man, it's good singing these hymns. But then I come here in Hambury and Endor Manor and Sarah's up and I'm thinking, man, I'm having a great time singing here. And you see, it's not that you've got to have one way or another way. Part of that is culturally conditioned. But the music really does have a power. But thirdly, the Psalms encourage us 
to praise God with our whole person. They encourage us to use physical gestures to express our joy in a way that is a natural extension of our human communication. Our whole person is to be engaged. Psalm 47 verse 1, we're called to clap. Psalm 134 verse 2, lift up your hands. Psalm 95 verse 6, bow down to reverence. Also it says, kneel before him. And as we've seen here in Psalm 149 and 150, it calls us to dance. Now, I know that's a bit scary. <laughs> and I do remember my Pentecostal dear brother growing up, he said, you Anglicans, you're really like God's chosen frozen. <laughs> I thought, really? Oh, that one hurt a bit. Anyway, um, you know what strikes me, strikes me? And I love sport and I occasionally get to go to sporting events. Is how people will, with their whole body, get into it. And there's something about seeing the thriving score that wins the match. And I went with my son out to see the Seagulls play, the Roosters, uh, this season, just passed. And I don't know if you know the game, no one really tipped the Seagulls to do well. And Dylan Walker scored in the 78th minute in the corner to win the match. And we were out of our seats, yes, because we were sitting right in the Roosters fans' spot. And we just loved it. (laughs) And it's natural, isn't it? But somehow when we come to church, we've kind of been culturally conditioned to stand there. And I don't want to say that this says you must do this, but I think what it does is it gives us permission to enjoy our time together in ways that we feel comfortable with. And the last thing I want to do is say, you've got to do this. But I do want to say we've got permission to enjoy praising God. It should be a joyful experience. And sometimes I feel like putting my hands up, sometimes I don't. Um, but I want to say one of the joys has been having Dave into Amana here and occasionally I've gotten up and danced with him and we did that at New Year's Day I thought hey when anyone comes we're gonna have some joy here in the house and we just had a great time dancing and I'm thinking I'm a crap dancer if you want the honest truth (laughs) and if you ask my wife she says I'll never dance Um, and that is the truth Um, but there's something about just being joyful because you see we are glad in our king and the last thing to say is we do it together and praise really is a community activity sing to the lord a new song his praise in the assembly of his faithful people is what psalm 149 starts with and you actually need other people to praise god best you actually have people to tell it to not just god and that's why church really should be a time of deep joy as we come here There should be a significance, a weight, as we meet with the living God, but also a joy as we know his love in our life. And so to know God is to love him. And love for God will naturally express itself in the enjoyment of praise. And significantly, this is where the Psalms leave us. Having promised the blessed or happy life at the beginning, having transversed the pathway of suffering and difficulty, seeking to know and trust God in all of life, And as you come to that place of desiring him above all else and trusting him as you wait for our final redemption and the return of the Lord Jesus, the Psalms take us to a place of joy and confidence that we know the God who's made us, who's redeemed us and who loves us and the praise of our lives and our lips fill the air. Let everything has breath. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I think it's time to sing again, don't you? Amen. Do I hear an amen in the house? Amen. Amen. Okay. Where are they? (laughs) 
Would you like me to lead in song? I am praising Jesus because... Get him off.